good evening. Welcome back to Dudamus Maximus Helps. Um, tonight's episode I'd like to call The Smaller Things in Life. But first I'd like to address something that I missed on last night's episode. I forgot to say a happy, very happy New Year's and a happy new decade to all of you that are out there listening to me right now. Um, this was this last decade was kind of a rough decade for me. Um, having, actually, the last two were. I was having to be a caretaker for my wife, which I enjoyed. That don't get me wrong, it was a it was a challenge. Um, the hard part was watching the end result, and nobody wants to see their loved one pass away like that. So for all of you starting a new decade like me, I'm starting fresh. Um, I've shaved my face clean. I just want this to be a good start for a brand new decade of success. And I wish all of you prosperity and success in your own lives and also peace and happiness. Um, peace and happiness is something that's hard to find nowadays. People look to the smaller things in life and think that they're, uh, forget how good they've had it at other times in their life. They think sometimes life is so hard right now because say they had to work three hours on a Saturday or they had to stay an extra hour late at night to make up for somebody who didn't show up for work or to get a project that accomplished that was rushed and pushed upon you that you weren't expecting. Those are the kind of things that kind of make life challenging from time to time. It's the kind of things that you should look back and reflect and say, hey, the smaller things in life are the things that matter, even if it's just a memory. So I'd like to give you a, a couple of stories tonight and share a couple of things with you. But first, I'd like to go ahead and address the caretaker thing. As a caretaker, it's a very difficult job. It's a, a thankless job. It's a job that only certain people can really get into and have the temperament for. I've seen several caretakers on TV that have ended up assaulting the people that they're caretaking for and, and eventually even end up assaulting them where it kills them. That's not the kind of caretaker you want to be. The kind of caretaker you want to be is a loving and caring type of caretaker. You know, a type of person who makes sure that all the person who you're caretaking for, all their needs are met. Um, if they're on a multitude of medicines like my wife was, you need to make sure that the medicines are all right and in a row and that not too little medicines being taken and not too much medicines being taken, even though uh, the person you're caretaking for may want to go ahead and go down that avenue. So just be on, be on top of your game. Make sure that you know, you're the best in your heart towards that person that you can be because the heart is where the home is and or well, actually it's home is where the heart is but the heart is what matters the most in a home so just take care and be nice that's all i'm going to say about that now back to the smaller things in life as i was growing up a lot of people may think that as a throwback it was easy to grow up because there was no social media quite the opposite was true Back then, social media was actually getting out and talking to people, whether it be at your job, uh, whether it be at the mall. The mall was a big place to go and gather. They had arcades there, and uh, teens and your peer group could go ahead and, and gather at the arcades. And as long as you had a little money in your pocket, you could stick around because eventually arcades became a no-loitering place. And that's how people got uh, kicked out and became kind of bitter in life. Um, the way, one way you could get ahead was that if you had a job to earn money to hang out at one of these places, which was like a social media back then. So I can remember when I was a kid growing up and I had a job. I actually had two jobs and I had my mom married a certain person who in the previous episode I labeled as Slim. 
Slim was more like a tyrant than a stepdad. He never actually shared anything with us. He just dictated to us and told us, do this and do that. And if you didn't do this and that, he would literally grab you by the arm and pick you up and, you know, hit you with his belt. Once he took his belt off and he wore a thick leather belt, man, he would wear your butt out and stuff. So, you know, it was a difficult life for me from day to day. I used to do as much as I could to stay away from the house as long as I could so that I didn't have to deal with them. And it wasn't that we were actually bad kids doing a bunch of stuff that was, you know, illegal and stuff like that. It was just that he was pissed off at his boss at work and hated him so much, but didn't have the courage to stand up to his boss at work. And then he would come home and take it out on us because we were littler than him. That was his way. I don't know what happened to him along the way, but I've since forgiven him. I mean, how, how can you hold a grudge against somebody like that who has already got so much negativity in their life that they're just miserable? Not sure what my mom saw him. He must have had some good in there that we never got a chance to see. But because he made life miserable for us, he would, he would do things like that. And he would do things like he bought a house with a sloped uh, backyard and across the street or it was sloped towards the house and across the street was a gentleman who had a yard that sloped away from his house he made us boys dig the whole backyard level and load it in his pickup truck and he would drive it across the street and back into that guy's yard and we had to unload it in there so basically we were just free labor for him so uh I got good at digging, don't get me wrong, but it's not something I wanted to do. And then once the yard was level, he would do things like he worked um, for the highway department and he would go out to a pit where they cut trees and we had a fireplace in the house and he would make us go out there. He would chainsaw logs up in big pieces and then he, we would have to load them on a trailer and these were heavy and we were, you know, we were teenagers at the time. We weren't, I'm not as big, I'm not as big then as I am now. And now I could have handled it no problem. I could have changed it, uh, chainsawed it all up and loaded a whole trailer. But he built this trailer in the garage and we couldn't disturb him while he was building. Even if we wanted to ask questions and find out exactly what he was doing, it didn't matter to him. He, he was just that kind of person. He was very miserable and negative. So <coughs> needless to say, I developed a good work ethic. But I have those memories that I look back upon and I'm like, there were few of the smaller things in life that mattered were fewer and further between than the harder situations that didn't matter to me, the kind of things that uh, made me move out when I was 16, like I mentioned in the last podcast. So, <coughs> excuse me. He would do stuff like when it was time for dinner, he was a fast eater and he would make us go outside and work when it was time to eat. He was always the first one sitting at the table. Well, when we I had, once again, two half brothers, when we got inside to eat, we would all be eating, but he specifically singled me out. And whenever his plate left the table, no matter if I had taken one bite, two bites or five bites, he would come over and pick my plate up, even if it was still food on it and put it in the sink. And then he would make me get up out of my chair, kick me in the butt and say, now get back out there and get to work. That's the kind of person he was. So I can remember some of the smaller things in life that mattered. I can remember being able to uh, go to my grandmother's house on the weekend because he wouldn't act up around her. Uh, even she was a mean German lady and she would check him, put it, put him in his place right away. 
but I can remember pulling it. She lived in Howard, Colorado, which was from where we lived. It was down Highway 24, and then you had to make a ride at Highway 50, and you had to drive like 43 or 45 miles down a winding canyon road. So the drive was not only beautiful, especially early in the morning or late at night when the sun was rising and the sun was setting, the Arkansas River was right alongside, you know, and I can remember knowing that my grandma loved to fish, that we would be able to get away from Slim for a while with her and go fishing. And she she was kind of a mean person too, but it was at least she was more enjoyable because she was a direct relative than Slim's tyrant stuff that we had to see on a daily basis. We didn't get to see her that often, but when we did, it was it was a good memory. So not only was the drive up there a good memory, and sometimes we would stay, uh, just go for the weekend and leave Saturday morning and stay till Sunday, and Sunday in the afternoon we would come back. But we would get out of my grandmother's house and leave Slim behind, and she lived up on this plateau. And you, when you got to the place where it was time to turn off from the ledge where the Arkansas River ran to your right, you would have to turn left and drive across this field and then you had to wind your way up this plateau around to the backside and then come out and she lived right on the very point and because she lived on the point when you turned off of uh, highway 50 and made the left sometimes you could see smoke wafting up there coming down and wafting across you know down the, the little slope that she lived up on top of and wafting across the field and we knew man that was such a good memory i can remember she would have had a rotisserie, a Weber rotisserie grill, and she would always rotisserie these chickens, man, and she would baste them. I can't remember what she used to use. I know it was butter and some seasonings, but there was, and I know Worcestershire, and there was something else that she used in there. Man, it was so good, and sometimes she would use barbecue sauce. And that barbecue sauce was so tasty, and I once again, that was so long ago, I can't even hardly remember what the barbecue sauce was. I just remember seeing it in a bowl. And knowing that she had heated it up, uh, microwaves were brand new back then. So, you know, she heated up in the microwave and then take it out there. And it, while she would lift the lid while the rotisserie was going and brush that either the baste on there or the barbecue sauce. And then she would rebaste it and rebaste it. And, and she slow cooked it over wood. That's where the smoke came from. And man, that was so good. It was such a good memory. She had a deck off the back of her house. It was 20 feet long by uh, 16 feet wide, so it was a great big deck. And we used to sit out there in the summertime, and she would tell stories to us. And uh, the, the stories were always enjoyable. I, I uh, loved to hear her story. She was a nurse for many years, and uh, she would uh, worked at a disabled veterans hospital in Fort Lyons, Colorado. And the reason she was so mean, because she worked there for like 30 years. She was actually the head, the nurse in charge. And, and she became one of those people. But when she retired, she got away from all that and kind of mellowed down a little bit. But uh, the chicken cooking was one of the best members I could eat. And then we would sit out on that back patio and eat. And now when life gets me down, for instance, when I was caretaking for Terry and things got really tough, I would go out in my backyard. I've built myself a little deck out there and I have three barbecues out in my backyard. And I cook, I don't have a rotisserie on them, but I flip the chicken enough and slow cook it the way I do with the wood. I use several different types of wood. I use apricot, I use pecan, I use pear, I use apple, but both red and green. I use peach when I can get it. Um, but the cooking with the wood is always a good memory for me and it would always ease my troubled mind. Even when Terry would argue about her pain medicine and I would get her set straight with how 
however much medicine she was supposed to have and she would eventually sleep because she slept a lot the last uh, several years and it was just uh, eventually we found out it was the cancer it was the cancer traveling through her body and it made her very weak she already had the lupus and fibromyalgia and uh, pulmonary arterial hypertension and several other things wrong with her but when she went to sleep from where she slept, it was like 50 feet to the backyard and to where I barbecued, you know? So it was something I could do by myself that was like a happy memory for me that I could not only reenact, but it's something I enjoy doing now. It's just uh, uh, not necessarily a hobby of mine. It's something that I've developed a knack for that whenever people eat my barbecue, they're usually complimentative of me because I've done it so much and had, that's how I got my peace of mind. I would go out in that back deck and just hang out and barbecue, you know, and listen to music. If I, where I live, it's a three-bedroom house, and the bedroom that I'm broadcasting in now was my art studio, which was right next to the bedroom, but there's thick walls in this house. It's an older house. And she would always claim she could hear my music, even though I would turn it down real low, and I would go stand in the bedroom while she was sleeping, and I would listen to it, you know, and I'd be like, nope, no, that's the perfect level. She'd be asleep for a couple hours and get up and start cussing about the music. So eventually I learned to, I got an old used stereo from uh, a garage sale and I would put it out in the garage and then she couldn't hear the music out. You know, I, she's a couple rooms away from the backyard then. But at the same time, I could still come in the house and check on her, you know, which I did frequently. Um, I, I really love my wife. She, she really was the love of my life, but... Once again, it's like her dad said, and I mentioned in the last episode, she's the one that passed away, not me. So these are the traditions that I carry on. I love to barbecue now, and I love to share it with people. I'm willing to take, you know, barbecue to my job and share with people there. I'm, I'm not scared at all. I know my food is good, and it's very tasty. It's, the, I guess, the way I season it. It, which was kind of what my grandma did with the basting and the barbecue sauce. I do those types of things now. If I'm just going to smoke chicken, I make a baste for it. And a lot of times I use butter and uh, some seasonings and also pineapple juice. That's one of my favorite things to baste with. And when I use the barbecue sauce, I will mix it with fruit juices to make the barbecue sauce sweeter. If I'm in the mood for spicy food, I go ahead and put uh, something like tapatio and mix with it, you know, but I always heat it up in the microwave. That's one of the good memories that I learned from my grandmother and something I've been able to share as a lesson with other people that you don't put uh, cold sauce on hot meat after the meat's been out there for a while and comes up to temperature. You don't want to put like a grab a bottle of barbecue sauce out of the refrigerator and grab a spoon and go out there and start spooning it on because that's the kind of thing that makes uh, the meat burn it'll burn on the outside and it'll it'll burn the skin real sensitivity you know and it'll flare up and that's the kind of not that goes completely against the slow cooking method that i like to practice so some other good memories i can remember as a kid is going uh, i was mentioned that I had a teacher named Mr. Elston, who was my distributive education teacher. He convinced me to join his club, Distributive Education Clubs of America. I, I was the only guy in there. There was 22 of the best looking young ladies in high school in there. And I was the least popular when I very first started that until um, they saw the things that I could do. I took the advertising end of the distributive education in our, the high school I went to. There was an advertising booth and I used to go down to the local stores and talk to the managers and put up displays in our high school to promote shopping at those certain stores. And not only was it a win-win for the uh, people or for the uh, managers at the different stores that I went to to get the stuff, it was a win-win because 
the kids got exposed to popular stuff and they also liked the way the displays looked because there were mannequins in there. There was, uh, there were several different things, several props I could use and I became good at my craft and it made me more creative. At home, I couldn't be creative because of Slim. But when I was at school, that was one way I excelled and I excelled so much. And once again, the ladies in my group, I eventually became one of the most popular ones in the group and they elected me president of the club. And as president of the club, I got to go ahead and make arrangements for conventions. And when we went to these conventions, we'd have these fundraisers. And one of the smaller things in life that I remember the most was one Christmas. I convinced the ladies to all dress up in bikinis and, and bring long coats with them. And we had a bikini present wrap and we went to the mall and set up several booths and I had made arrangements to get free paper from the paper warehouse for the gift wrapping and had made arrangements to get free boxes from a, a box manufacturing place that had scraps and leftovers. And we put all this thing together and we raised like, I can't remember if it was like 12000 or $13,000, which we used portions of that for our conventions and the rest of it we donated to uh, the Muscular Dystrophy Association and we got to be on TV in like uh, 1980 or 81 at the Jerry Lewis Mar uh, Telethon. Back then it was a popular thing during Labor Day and we as a group we all dressed up spiffy you know I even went to a thrift store and got a nice looking suit and the ladies all dressed in nice dresses and stuff and we came in as an entourage and uh, we represented for our school and for our club and, and it was a way for me to get away from Slim because he could not say no to me doing a school function like that. And he, he hated the school functions. I, I also uh, played football. I also wrestled and I also ran cross country. So those were things that he would never stop me from doing, but wouldn't come participate in and come watch which didn't bother me in the least because every time I saw him, it just pissed me off. So these are the things I did for myself. But that bikini gift wrap, that clearly stands out in my mind as one of the coolest things that we ever as a group did together to raise money and stuff. So and part of, like I said, we raised money to go to these conventions. Well, they would have these conventions at nice hotels, which would donate the rooms to us as a school because I would go talk to the hotel managers and we would just have to pay for the amenities while we were there, which was, it, it was since we we were good at fundraising, it was no big deal for us. And sometimes, you know, back in the day when I got out from underneath Slim's fingers for a minute, these would be three day conventions. I'd have to leave on Friday and I'd be gone Friday night and Saturday night and I would come back Sunday. Sometimes it was uh, Saturday, Sunday and then I would come back on Monday and those times I could get out from underneath his thumb were the funnest times that I can remember ever having one of the coolest things about it was I had a car there was only two of the ladies in the club they were uh, richer kids that their parents bought them cars theirs was a lot nicer than mine as I mentioned in the previous episode at a Volkswagen Baja bug it was one of the ugliest cars there was it, it was a red car and it had a white nose cone on it it had one red Baja fender on the front it had one uh, yellow Baja fender on the front on the back it had one white Baja fender the deck was yellow and then the other fender I think was blue but it ran good because I rebuilt the engine I put new wheels on there I got a couple of custom wheels on there and it, it looked pretty sharp I thought and it was fun to drive and the girls weren't scared to, the ladies weren't scared to ride around in it with me so it was a good memory as well um <clears throat> i had to work two jobs 
It's the reason I got to graduate high school early. These are the smaller things in life that I appreciate that's made me the person I am. So once you think that life is so hard, reflect back to the better times in life, even if it's just a memory. If you can recreate that memory, for instance, like I did with the barbecue, do that. Make sure because it'll bring you joy inside. That is uh, that memory is joy to you. So let that joy out. You know, try and if you're being mean to people because of the actions that's happening around your world, reflect back and let some joy out. You'll be surprised at how much more you'll be relaxed. Probably your blood pressure will go down and things like that. But once again, I had two jobs and it was the reason I was able to graduate from high school because for each job, I got a full credit in high school for each one of those. I had taken all my preliminary classes in like uh, eighth and ninth grades and the required stuff and part of it during the day in 10th grade, but I only had to go to school half a day. I would get off and go to my first job, which was a grocery store. At the grocery store, they loved me there. They knew that Slim used to beat the crap out of us. My boss was very protective of me. He was from Chicago and he did not he did not like my stepdad at all. My stepdad would come around there and he wouldn't be rude to him, but he would be very standoffish and give him that uh, that parental eye like you're doing it wrong. You're not doing it right. You should be encouraging this young man instead of, you know, trying to downtrod on him and make him miserable like you. He realized that Slim was trying to do that to me. I wouldn't let it happen. I've always been a positive person and I'm not I've, I've still maintained my positivity clear up until today and I'm still a positive person. I think other people enjoy that about me because when life deals me lemons, I make lemonade and then I turn around and sell the lemonade or if somebody needs something, I donate the lemonade back to them so that they will have an easier time of it. I'm, I'm not scared to help people. That's what you should do. So my second job was at a restaurant. So I worked at a grocery store for the first half of the afternoon and then into the uh, right before evening. And then the next four hours, I would go to the restaurant and I would work there. Well, it taught me how to cook. My mom used to say, you better marry a woman that knows how to cook because you'll never be able to cook. Turns out quite the opposite is true. I'm actually a pretty damn good cook. So I love doing those things. But at these conventions, because I had connections at a grocery store or a restaurant, anything we needed, I just talked to my bosses and they would donate whatever we needed. If we needed uh, munchies for these conventions or sometimes they would pay for our gas to go to them if they were up in Denver, Colorado. Uh, this is uh, Colorado Springs where I was raised. They would donate gas. They would donate. My boss at the grocery store offered to uh, loan us. He had a big Cadillac and I was like, no, sir, I have my own car. I appreciate that. I do not want to be responsible for your nice Cadillac, but thank you very much. I appreciate the offer. So we would also, you know, back in the day, uh, there was a, some underage drinking and we were susceptible for it too. And there were, you know, my one boss would, uh, he would donate beer to us or he would sell us beer at a discounted price and, but let his old, his son that was old enough to buy beer, buy it. And then we'd meet him out behind the grocery store and pick it up and take it to these conventions. We had so much fun at these conventions that other schools used to want to come. We'd have these little parties and other schools would want to come to our parties. You know, it was mainly because I had some of the best looking women in the state in my distributive education club. And when we showed up at these conventions, we showed out. It was the way we were, man. It's kind of still the way I am. I don't show out at everything, but the things that I'm really good at, for instance, the barbecue, which is a great memory for me and a way for me to share joy with other people, 
I show out, man. Anytime I barbecue, I'm not scared to take pictures of it. You know, back then a cell phone was unheard of. Now, when I barbecue, I take pictures on my cell phone. I share them with people. I, I know they get sick of them because I share so many pictures. So I try and spread the wealth around so I'm not over flooding somebody with barbecue pictures and stuff. But even at these conventions, there was certain ones that had barbecue pits outside. That's where I learned how to cut my teeth on barbecue. And here I was a 16-year-old young man with ambition and drive and, you know, working two jobs. But when I got to get away from these conventions, I got to get out from under Slim's rule, who would never let me barbecue at the house. And I would, I would have one, my one boss donate food and charcoal and then my other boss donate the beer and stuff. And we would barbecue and then drink beer, you know, go back up to the room and drink beer, take the food back up there. And it was, those were great memories. And I, I look back upon those times and I look at all those young ladies' faces that were in my group. And I, I think now, I wonder if that's the same kind of good memory for them. And then I think again, and I go, yeah, yeah, we had that much fun. It was that kind of stuff to remember. So that's, that's just the kind of stuff I did to have to, uh, relate to the situation that I when I had to go home it was a hard situation you know a lot of once again a lot of kids never got uh, spanked before they never got like physically touched my, my stepdad would grab you and punch you when we got a little bit bigger and I got into high school he would grab you by the arm and kick you in the butt or you know he would hit you in the chest or he would you know he would just do that kind of stuff open hand slap you that's what eventually what got me to move out because i I wanted to plot on them, you know. Once I moved out and made arrangements for me to have my own apartment and stuff, I was already working two jobs. I already graduated from high school. I didn't need them anymore. I had a car. I, I was doing good. I was, you know, for somebody at that age coming from that upbringing, I was doing very good. I didn't, uh, I wasn't angry at other people because of what he did to me. I, I was a happier person because I was away from him. And because of that, it taught me several things to, on how to treat other people. So I just want to say, if life is treating you hard, look back to the smaller things in life that, that should bring joy to your life. Um, it could be watching the memory of a movie like a Buddy the Elf. Um, it could be, it, it, there's several things that it could be, but look back and find something good and relate that to your situation at hand and let some joy out. Share that with people. Share your joy with people. Um, don't. If you tell bad jokes, tell your bad jokes. You know, eventually, if people don't laugh at first, eventually they're going to laugh at something, and they're going to know that at least you're an entertaining person. And that's the kind of stuff, man. That the smaller things in life are made out of. So I know that people have heard the phrase several probably times in their life about the smaller things in life those are the things i'm talking about for me it's those it's those great memories it was the time when i first met my wife it was the the time when we got married and i carried over the threshold of the very first house we bought i still have a picture of that um we <laughs> we weren't well-to-do people we were both working don't get me wrong but times were hard man but so we went to the thrift store and found the nicest clothes we could find i had black pants on and a white jacket with a, a red rose i couldn't afford to have the flowers done by a professional floor so i made the flowers for our wedding that that was one of the smart things in life that i remember when terry was at work when i did it i was on a vacation day and i went and bought all the fake flowers and i put them all together and i made you know her the little things she carries and i made little uh the things that you pin on your chest for the men and then i made little flower bouquets for all the the bridesmaids there was only two and there were there were two uh a, a best man and you know another one of my friends that was there 
it was my boss actually but those are the kind of things man I look back on those times and I was like man I was creative as crap and then we look at the pictures and the pictures they look great I mean we, it looks professionally done and we just had a regular camera that uh, uh, we borrowed from another friend well, actually we borrowed him to take the pictures for us I paid for all the film and paid for it all to be developed all he did is take the pictures but it was those are good times man we I have uh, she wanted to do all the wedding arrangements and she couldn't get all things to come together and get all the ducks in a row to make it happen and this was like uh, in August I think is when she wanted to get married so I made arrangements for February 14th Valentine's Day and I rented the senior center at the little local park that was by us and there was there was a garden right out next to it so we got married in the garden and then had a reception in the senior center right next door and it didn't cost more than like 50 bucks I made all the little hors d'oeuvres that people could eat there and I made some ice cream punch. I put together, back then CDs were just becoming popular, I put together a music CD that played and it was, I mean, it was great. People danced, we had a great time and then we had a little private affair back at our house and that's when I carried her across the threshold and man, that was, that was such a good memory. I mean, we were so happy back then that even when times got hard with Terry, those are the kind of things that... I would look back on and I would say, baby, and even I would tell her when she was getting a little angry and a little mad about her medicine, I would remind her of those times and she would lighten up a little bit and she would always say, you know, you're right. And I would tell her, baby, those are the smaller things, the things that really count in life, the things that if you look back on and really pay attention to, they really brought you joy. So the joy that I have now for other people is I was able to have the conversations with her before she passed away and I'm comfortable with the situation now a lot of people may not have been excuse me I'm not worried about it now I'm, I'm, I'm moving on with my life and one of the things I'm trying to do and grow as a person is do this podcast as a throwback I have a lot to offer to people and if you'll just stop and listen to me there's a lot of good in what I have to offer so just be aware of that if I come up and tell you a story a lot of my stories are entertaining and I know that I've probably told them several times to several different people but <laughs> I enjoy telling them because they're they're very entertaining and you know it, it paints a picture of what it was like for me as a miserable time but there were just little glimpses of the smaller things in life those are the things that bring me joy so please be kind to other people share your joy spread it around don't be so mean don't let life get you down life is not that hard it is don't get me wrong but it's the smaller things if you reflect back and remember that mean the most so I'm going to leave that on that note, and I just want to say that you all, please listen to what I say, and have a great evening.